0: Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. I'm glad you're here with us. We're going to be wrapping up our series that we've been in. Everybody say these two words, naturally supernatural. Naturally supernatural. Did you know that when you hear that term supernatural, sometimes people think, well, that's That's the paranormal. Well, that's partially true. Some of that stuff that Satan is, is involved in is involving that. But how many know that God, God Almighty expects us as believers to live and walk in the supernatural, supernatural naturally, that it should be a natural, normal part of our everyday life. And oftentimes we don't see that here in our Western culture. You see that when, when I go to trips like to Mexico, it's right there where, you know, as I mentioned before, we're praying for people with demons. I'm praying for, for this devil that's possessed this woman where people are getting healed left and right, and only because of their faith. They're, see, they don't have Kaiser over there. That is, God is their Kaiser. God is their hope. and And here... We're just so spoiled. We have so many other alternatives that we can turn to. And in the process, we lose sight of what the supernatural is all about. It's a blessing that God is saying here. It's right here available to you and I. So, so most of us um, changing gears now have been on this 21-day fast and there's food over there. So I'm going to go through this as quickly as I can. Because I already told you the fast is over after this service. And uh, today is day 21. Those of you that joined with us, whether it was a meal, whether it was uh, whatever you gave up, thank you so much. But, but hopefully you gained something from it. That God spoke to your heart. That God spoke to you about something maybe concerning yourself, your family. It's not just for our church growth and reaching those around us but for you to be the believer that Christ intended you to be. And it only comes through prayer and fasting at times. Amen? Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining us in that. Today, I think my brother Martin, brother-in-law Martin mentioned it. Where'd he go? Uh, he went out. So um, he mentioned today is Pentecost Sunday. Maybe some of you are already aware of that, but today is Pentecost Sunday. Say that with me. Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. What that really means is Pentecost Sunday falls 50 days after Resurrection Sunday. And so hence the word 50, which in Greek means Pentecost. That's where we get the word Pentecost Sunday. In the Old Testament, it was known as the Feast of Weeks. And in the New Testament, it was called Shavuot. Shavuot. Say Shavuot with me. <laughs> kind of like the, the Sabbath, Sabbat. Uh, This was known as the Feast of Weeks. And and in the Old Testament, it commemorated the giving of the law. And why we celebrate... Pentecost, or the day of Pentecost, it's actually the birth of the church. If you all are familiar with Acts chapter 2, it's the birthplace of the modern church, of the New Testament church. And that's when the gifts of the Spirit were poured out. When when, when Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, to be poured out upon the people at that time. So the the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, is just filled with so many Miracles, signs and wonders. How many love the book of Acts like like I do? Um, Every chapter seemingly has something exciting going on from those things in the early church to Paul's conversion in Acts chapter 9. There's so many things going on. Uh, What I love about it is the first half of that book of of Acts really is concentrating on the life of Peter. And then the last half is concentrating really on the life of Paul, how Paul comes on the scene because Paul wasn't there in the original Part of the early church in terms of the disciples. He wasn't one of the twelve. How many knew that? Hopefully you knew that. And, And he comes on later as this as this Christian killer and goes on to do amazing things as he's converted to Christianity. So Acts chapter two. Um, I'm just trying to set the scene here. When Jesus had ascended to heaven, he had instructed his disciples. And basically, there were 120 believers at that time gathered in this place called the upper room in Jerusalem, where he had instructed them, go and wait for me in Jerusalem and pray, pray, pray. Everybody say "Pray." pray. You ever be, you ever, you ever, you ever pray and it's, And you're looking at your clock and it's only been 10 minutes and you're going, my goodness, how am I ever going to get to 30 minutes or an hour or whatever goal it is that you set? But you look and you go 10 minutes. Well, Jesus didn't say pray for 10 minutes or an hour. He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to pray. And pray and so they gather together and on this day the day of Pentecost the Bible said that a rushing mighty wind came in anytime there's a power of God there is a physical manifestation there's a power usually associated with fire usually associated with with wind and in this case the Bible says a a, a powerful wind came in and cloven tongues as of fire this is the the, the description of the Bible came upon each of the believers, not just the disciples. And they said, the Bible says that they began to speak in foreign languages as the Spirit gave them the utterance, or as the Spirit inspired them to speak. This had never happened before. There were people outside the building were hearing this and listening to what was going on. And they were saying, oh, these people, these, these Jesus freaks, they, they're drunk on wine. They, they've lost it. And right away they said, don't you know, this is only midday right now. We're not drunk on wine. This is, this is that what was prophesied in the book of Joel, chapter 2. Uh, this is Peter. He goes on to preach to these 120 people and then to the people that had gathered who had, time the power of God comes by, you get curious onlookers. Well, let me go check this out. I want to see what's up with this, right? You ever been curious about certain things and, and you kind of take a peek? Well, the same thing happened here in Jerusalem. All of a sudden, there were the 120 people, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, including the disciples, all the, these early believers. And now, Hundreds and even thousands gathered around to hear the message of Peter. And he began to preach to them about how the risen Lord could forgive them of their sins. Amen. Amen. And so it goes on to say in Acts chapter 2 that some 3,000 men and women that same day got saved. That same day they got saved. Not the next day. Not the next month. They didn't come to church and say, well, I got to think about that. I don't know if it's. If it's the right time, I I need to talk to my spouse about that. I got to check my calendar. I don't know if I can commit. They said, no, today is the day of salvation. Today I commit my life to the Lord. And they accepted the Lord. 3,000 men and women. That's called a revival in one day, Amen. Wouldn't it be amazing to have 222 persons like that sign says right above the window filled in this place, all receiving the Lord for the very first time. Wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, don't you just get excited about thinking of that possibility? Because I I promise you, and I guarantee you, there are at least 222 people in this community that don't know Christ. In fact, there's thousands more in this community. American Canyon's around 20,000 people. And I guarantee you, the majority of them do not know Christ. And they do not follow Christ at this moment. So there's opportunities for you and I to witness to these people. Amen. So this, this description of what I'm giving you, this was the birth of the New Testament church. And, and another important point of this is they didn't meet in a, in a synagogue. They didn't meet in a beautiful painted building with a beautiful cross outside, although that would be very nice. They met in a home. They met in a place that had an upper room. This was the style of the early church. They met in homes. We we now um, have it where we meet in these glorious big buildings. You know, some seat twenty thousand people if you go to uh, Joel Osteen's church in, in Houston, Texas. Others seat you know two hundred and twenty-two people here. Uh, it just there's all ranges. But the point of it is that we can meet in our home like we did at Brenda and Dan Quirk's home this past Saturday. Can I just tell you, we had an amazing time there. Give them a big hand clap right now. We had an amazing time. And I want to share about that this, this afternoon because, and I'm getting ahead of where I wanted to insert this, but Anna, Anna was so excited she came back afterwards. It was, first of all, it was a time of prayer. And the gist of that prayer time is to pray for our children, pray for our grandchildren, pray for those that, that need the wisdom, the strength of God growing up, encouragement, and, and so forth. So we got together, and we were able to pray for our children. But it brought out, it, the women were able to really bond in a, in a special way is what I understood. And that's amazing. That, that's great when we do those types of things. How many enjoy those types of things? That's having church. We had church at the Quirk's home. So we have, we have building A, building B. We have building C in my house. I mean, I can go around everywhere here. We have many multiple buildings if we needed to have church. Amen? So, again, thank you so much for the quirks for opening up your home. It was a beautiful home, but their hospitality and the spirit we felt there was amazing. And here's, here's why I say that. And I believe I have it on your outline. I may not have it, but it's a statement I've been saying throughout this series. A greater hunger for God will open the door to the supernatural. Say that with me. A greater hunger for God... Will open the door to the supernatural. When you have a a great hunger, you will begin to receive things that God wants to give you. How many know God is a giver of gifts? He wants to give you, bless you with spiritual gifts. I'm not talking about things, uh, material things, I'm talking about spiritual gifting. And uh, this is what I believe Brenda is on, what Ivy is on. They're discovering what their giftings are. Um, Wayne and Irene with hospitality. And I could go on and on and on. Each of you are gifted in certain areas. God wants to encourage you to use those gifts. Amen? Amen? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I've titled this, This Gift is for You. Say that with me. This gift is for you. If you'll stand with me real quick, we're just going to read our, our sermon text. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. It's on your outline. And let me read this together here. Or let me read this right here. Verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask your blessing now. Bless your word. Bless it to our understanding. Give us anointing, Father, that I can share that word and that we can receive it today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated this afternoon. Amen. Did you like the way Paul said that? I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to go about your life not knowing, questioning. I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt. Ever hear the term, I want to make it crystal clear? That's what he really was saying. I want to make this crystal, is what he was saying. Let me start off first by saying you've each been uniquely designed. Did you know that the Bible says you are his masterpiece? You are uniquely created. There is not another Raquel Mendez in this world. There may be another one by name, but there is not another another Raquel Mendez. There is not another Nigel in this world. You have each been gifted, every one of us here, there is not another one. In fact, your fingerprints are solely the exclusive property of you. Nobody else in this world has your fingerprints. That is an amazing God. Who does that? Only God can do that. Uh, there's a lot of people with Raquel's color hair. There's a lot of people that may look as handsome as Nigel, but there is not another Nigel nor a Raquel. Each of you are uniquely created in heaven. And such, he gives us special abilities and gifts. You're already seeing in their young ages, the giftings they have. And and I'm proud of them both. Their parents are are proud of Nigel, just as we are proud of Raquel and Bianca. And and when you have a gift as a parent, you encourage them to use that gift. Amen? Amen. God has given each of you a gift. He's given you a gift. And it's up to Pastor Rick and those in the church to encourage you to use those gifts. Amen. Those gifts that we receive are not just for you to hold on to. It's to serve others. It's ultimately to bless the body of believers. Imagine if if Nigel, who plays... And I'm sorry, I didn't even check with you on this. I'm, I'm bringing him up in topic here. Or Raquel, they, they play instruments. But imagine if we were never able to hear them play, if they only kept that to themselves. And they weren't a blessing to our church. I mean, we'd be missing out. We'd be the ones losing out on that, on that gift. And, but fortunately, we receive that gift here every time they get up here to play. So again, if you have a gift and you know you have a gift, use it for the body of believers. Amen. My brother, Martin, will tell you this. He has a gift. But for a few years, he chose not to use that gift. And it took him plenty of reminders. Hey, hey, bro, the the Lord loves you. It's under the blood. And as he was saying on and on and on to get him to come out of that depression, the place that he was living in, to realize God has gifted me to play a, a musical instrument. And, and I should be singing, and I should be playing, and, and so forth. And now he's finally back in that place where, as he has been for the last few years. Amen. Let me ask you this question this, this afternoon. Have you ever received a special gift? Have you ever received an extravagant gift? I'll share real quickly. Um, I know some of you have, and maybe some of you know what I'm talking about here. But years ago in another church, I remember the pastor asking me and Anna to come up to see him in his office. And we're like, okay, what's all this about? And uh, we sat down, and he sits down at at his desk, and then he pushes across this stack of bills of money, and he and, and it was ten thousand dollars. And we're like, whoa! He goes, there's a person in our church that is blessing people, and they want to give you some money. And I said, well, who is it? I want to know who is it. He goes, well, they wanted to remain anonymous. And I said, wow. And so, you know, this came as a complete surprise. And so I said, well, before I even touch that, you take $1,000 of that because that's my tithe to the church. And I'll take the rest. (laughs) And, And I took that, but I was... We're both crying as we're receiving this money. We're in tears because we didn't expect that money. And it was a huge blessing to us at that time. Whoever these people were, I hope they ultimately find this out um, or or found out. But it was a blessing at that time. But that was what you call an extravagant gift. Would you agree with me? How many are praying for that same kind of gift today? (laughs) Well, I wish I could bless you all in that same area. I really do. But... Here's what I'm trying to say by saying that. In the same way, God bestows His gifts upon His people, and He gives you much more than ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars is here today, gone tomorrow. Let me tell you, it, you know, whether it's twenty, thirty, it doesn't matter. Nowadays, it's here today, gone tomorrow. But the gifts that God gives you are here forever and ever and ever. Amen. That takes me to my first point on the outline. Point number one, God equips his church with spiritual gifts. Amen. Let me, let me read the scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the same chapter we were reading out of, starting in verse 7 or verse 4 through 7. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. So it might be different than your translation if you're reading from your Bible. And it says this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts But the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Did you catch that? Help each other. The point of these gifts aren't so that you can go around saying, well... I speak in tongues more than you all. No, even Paul said that. He goes, it's pointless if you, if you do that. That's not even one of the top gifts, he said. Uh, I'd much rather prophesy, speak the word of God, he said, uh, than, than to speak in tongues. Or if you go around saying, well, I, I, I prayed for a miracle and it took place, and you go around, walking around, bragging about that. It's not for you to brag about It's for you to bless others. Is, is that making sense? So when we have a gift... We're supposed to use it to bless the church, bless the body. Amen. Now, I want to give you quick three things that will help you develop that gift. And it starts with number one, starts with what we're seeing on Saturday mornings, it's going to be Saturday evening coming up in July. Come, what we are seeing at Ivy's house on Wednesday nights, what we're, seeing, what we're seeing at my house when we have small groups, it's pursuing more of Jesus Pursuing more of Jesus. I can't tell you enough. Sunday doesn't cut it, church. Sunday attendance will never cut it. It's great that you're here on Sundays, but you have to have more. You have to have more. If you fill your your gas tank and you have a trip to go to, um, one full tank is not going to cut it. I have somebody that I, I just talked to this morning. They're going up to Lake Siskiyou. And I guarantee you, if they fill up their tank and their truck, it's not going to get them to their destination. They're going to need to refill and refill. And how do you refill? By plugging in, by pursuing more of Jesus in our small groups, in the prayer groups. You may not think it's a big thing. In fact, Anna wasn't feeling good at all yesterday. She did not feel well. She was, everything was going wrong yesterday morning for her. Uh, She was not feeling well. In fact, she kept telling me, I don't feel well, but she wanted to go. She wanted to be there. And she would have kicked herself if she couldn't make it, knowing now what she knows. But she had a blessed time. But she, by pursuing God, was able to be blessed, just like each of us that were there yesterday. Amen? Amen. So pursue more of Jesus. How do you do that during the week? Break away. Break away shut that cell phone off. In fact, leave it in the other room or turn it off completely so it doesn't buzz, ring, vibrate, whatever it does in your house. Just put it away. And then you and God, you and God, spend some time. You're going to spend two hours in front of that TV anyways, or is it more? You're going to spend five hours on social media, or is it more? And then when it comes to praying, we're neglecting God at 10 minutes. Oh my goodness. It's only 10 minutes. Wow, Lord. How come Facebook, you can be on there for an hour and a half and it goes by just so fast, right? So we got to we got to pursue more of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Love. The second thing is love on people. Love on people and I've I told you this, I believe it was last week, the week before, one of the things that the Lord had told Anna and I when we came to American Canyon, in 2013, September of 2013, is um, when I began to tell the Lord, Lord, I've never been led a church. I have no idea what we're doing. My daughters don't even, have never led worship, and here we go. And my wife doesn't, doesn't do any of this. You know, she's, she's worked in kids' church, and, and uh, uh, we don't know what we're doing, Lord, but here we go. And he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to love on people. That's what he told me to do. Love on people. So I promise you to, the last day you will ever attend here, if you decide to leave on uh, us one day, you will always be loved by Pastor Anna and I. Every one of you. How many have experienced that love? If not, i failed, because that is what God told me to do. And hopefully you have seen that in the time you've been here. Hopefully you have seen that in our ministry, that we are loving on you. doesn't matter if... You're a tither, or you give to our church, or you serve. I'm going to love on you anyways, because God's working on all of us. Amen? So love on people, and that includes each of you here. How do we we develop that gift that God has given us? We love on people. Because I'll tell you this, nobody wants to be around a jerk. (laughs) And thank God we don't have any in this church. They may have some in other churches. I don't know, but... In our church, we don't have people like that. And nobody wants to be around that type of person anyways. Amen. I love this about our church. Everybody, to my knowledge, gets along with everybody. And you know what? We have a, we have a tight group. But I don't want it just to be, uh, you know, 24 and no more. I I don't want it to be 54 and no more. I want it to be 222. I want it to be 224 where we can't legally have people in here anymore. I want to break those barriers. Amen. How many are with me? And and we do that by loving on people. Love on your neighbor. Love on your, obviously, your family. Love on your spouse, on your children, on your grandchildren. Love on those that are difficult to love sometimes even. And God will put those smack dab right in front of you because he wants to teach you a lesson. How many know that? Amen. And then the third point that will help you develop your gift is serve. How many know that Jesus Christ came to serve? If he's our example and you call yourself a Christ follower, you are to serve. If that means... Um, If Pastor Rick taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, can you help us usher today? We're shorthanded. My brother Reuben couldn't be here today. And you gladly do it. God bless you. You are serving in that capacity. God bless you, Justin, because that's exactly what I told him this this afternoon. If that's somebody that we need to help out in kids church and Pastor Anna taps you on the shoulder and says, could you help us out today? We're shorthanded. Then God bless you. Our job is to serve one another. We're a body of believers. Nobody here is higher or greater than, than, than somebody else. I certainly am not. So I am here to serve. You're going to see me here putting tape down, running cables before the service, uh, fixing chairs, whatever it takes, just like you. So um, we are to serve others just as Jesus did. Amen. How many are getting something so far? Amen. OK, let's go to our, our second point on your outline. The gifts God has given you are for you to steward, not own. There's a difference between stewarding something and owning something. And um, Let me clarify that. First of all. None of you here, just like myself, really own anything. You can say you're a homeowner. You can say you're a car owner, but you're really not. It belongs to him, almighty God. He gave it to you and he can take it away just like that. I know that. And, and so don't get all uppity up now. I'm a homeowner and I'm a car owner and I drive this and I drive that. And, and, and you know, because we can get an inflated ego. By, by declaring those types of things. First of all, God has called you to be a steward. A steward is a manager. A manager of what he's given you, of your possessions, of your time, of your talent, of your treasures, of your children. You are to be stewards of that. They're not your own. You're, even your own children aren't your own. They're God's children. He's only blessed you for a short period of time to instruct them, lead them, guide them, and then pretty soon they're going to, hopefully they're going to do that, fly out of the nest. Sometimes you got to boot them out of the nest, right? Because sometimes they don't want to leave. I'm just kidding, Bianca. You, t- you, you and Raquel are welcome to stay as long as you want. Amen. Amen. As long as you contribute to the household. I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? We are, we are to steward our gifts. God has given us something special, unique, that nobody else has. The talents you have. Other people in this room, maybe, you may be the only person that has that gift. Steward, not own. Let me ask you another question. Have you been m- impacted by someone's spiritual gift in your life? Have you been impacted by someone's spiritual gift? And, and spiritual gifts... There are so many. There, there's a total of nine that the Bible talks about in terms of spiritual gifts. I'm not going to go through all of them, but there's, there's a word. Sometimes people will come up to you and give you a word of knowledge. A word. Anybody ever have a word spoken over them? A word given to them? Or, or a miracle is the most common one you hear of miracles. Wouldn't it be great if every single prayer we prayed and then there was just a deliverance? There was a healing? Now... God doesn't work that way. How many know that? There's a reason why God is trying to show us through life why, why things don't happen the way we want them to. He has a, a better purpose in mind, amen? Yeah. You know, it, it'd, be, it'd be really, it'd be sad in a way if, if every time we say, Lord, heal that person. Lord, touch that man. Lord, heal that marriage. Lord, take away that addiction. And, and everything happened just like that. You know what would happen we would never figure out how to, how to fix it on our own. He wants to instruct you. He wants to help you and I to go through life and those challenges and make you a stronger believer. Because if at every moment you prayed and it was gone, you wouldn't learn how to take care of yourself. Amen? Yeah. You, you're crippling. You're, you're crippling the person by doing that. And God doesn't want to cripple us. Amen? So he allows heartache to come into your life. He allows grief to come into your life, but only for a season, only for a season because he loves you. Amen. How many are thankful that he loves you? Yes. Yes. So again, the gifts God has given you are not for you to steward, not to just own. As earthly parents, we want to give our children gifts. How much more does God want to give you spiritual gifts? But are you pursuing him? Are you seeking him? Are you loving on people? Are you serving on others? That's really a way to foster those gifts, to encourage receiving those gifts from the Lord. I I remember every time if you have kids or grandkids or even just giving a gift to somebody, when you buy something special, I remember years ago before we came here, Bianca had wanted a keyboard, and so we had bought her, Anna and I had bought her a keyboard, and we kept it a surprise from her, and she was so wanting a keyboard, I think you were 14 or something at that time, before we came here, and it wasn't a a very expensive keyboard, we couldn't afford anything very expensive, but we bought her a, a decent keyboard, electronic keyboard, And I remember her face as she's opening it up. And just, I'll never forget it because it was awesome to see that. To see your your child opening up something that they love. It's awesome. Just imagine what the Lord feels when he gives you something. And then you take that and receive it. Imagine how how it just brings him joy. Because it does. The Lord's given you a gift, but some of us haven't yet received it. And I'm asking you today, are you willing to receive that gift he's wanting to give you? He's wanting to pour out that gift today on you. Amen? Amen. As earthly parents, again, we want to give our children gifts. But how much more does God want to pour that gift into you? And then our third point. Gifts are for giving. Gifts are for giving away. Giving away. Amen? Matthew chapter 24 through 25 out of the English standard version says the following. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went ahead and hid your talent in the ground here you have what is yours. What a shame for that person who was given one talent, and he hid it, buried it. And when Jesus came back to reap what he sowed, the person said, oh, here you go. Here's the talent you gave me. I didn't use it. I just buried it. But here, it's, here you go. Isn't that a shame? That's a shame. And, and too often, I think, in the church, we, we receive a gift, but we say this, well, here, let me let me just bury it and cover it with sand right here. And we'll hold on to it for a rainy day. And and the Lord is wanting to remind us, no, he's given it for us to use, to be a blessing in the church house. Amen? And And that's exactly what we are to do. We must be careful to use the gifts he has given us and not bury them in the sand. Uh, again, as I pointed out earlier, it'd be a shame if, if we didn't have our young people, we even have Yesha up here playing the, the synthesizer, and Nigel and Raquel and, and Bianca and, and Martin, when they get up together, it'd be a shame if they never displayed their talent and just hit it. You and I wouldn't be blessed by it. So, again, if God has given you a talent, a gifting, a spiritual gift, you are to use it. Amen? Amen. Say this with me gifts are forgiving amen amen and romans chapter 11 verse 29 out of the cev version says the following god doesn't take back the gifts he has given or forget about the people he has chosen wow that's powerful because god if he gives you a gift is he if he gave you a gift of faith if he gave you a gift of healing, if he gave you a gift of miracles, whatever the gift may be, he'll never take it back. It's yours to steward, to manage. He'll never take it back. The Bible says his gifts are irrevocable. That means he can't take them back. What, he's not, a to use the old expression, an Indian giver. Remember that old term? We don't use that now because that's not politically correct, right? Well... <laughs> Who cares about politically correctness? We don't use that term. And God is not an Indian giver. He's not going to give. He's he's not going to take something back that he gave you. And and most of us, we need to step out in faith to, to see the operation of the Holy Spirit gifts in our lives. And here's the problem. If we never step out, we'll never see the healing. We'll never see the faith, the deliverance. Imagine if Peter never stepped out of the boat. He never would have seen his faith increase. He never would have seen Jesus walking on water towards him and, and him beginning to walk on water. He never would have been able to realize that that miracle. Imagine if he never stepped out. And some of you may have that gift and you're reluctant to and and you know you have a gift but you haven't used it in some capacity. God is wanting to remind you to step out, step out in faith. Amen. As Amen. I get ready to close. And I would invite the worship team to come up at this time. I want you to say those words with me that we said at the outset. A greater hunger for God will open the door to the supernatural. How many believe that this afternoon? Amen. God, See, with God all things are possible. He's not in a box. He's not in your box. He's not in my box. There are things, I believe, that the Word doesn't even contain of possibilities that He can do, of things He can do. In fact, the, the Apostle John said, there were so many things that Jesus did, they could not be contained in this book or in, or in other books. There were so many things He did. So I would imagine, in my mind, that, that with God, we say the term, all things are possible. But do we really understand that? Do we really comprehend that? I don't believe we do. I think that takes a gift of faith to truly understand that, what that means. All things are possible with God. All things are possible. Amen.